1: On today's show, we've got injury updates and updates from practice, plus a preview of tonight's game against the Detroit Pistons. And Steve Bob Forrest from atthehive.com joins me.
0: Do the Hornets need to make a move? Will they be able to? We'll see.
1: We talk more Hornets before 9 a.m. than most people do in an entire day. You are Locked On, Hornets. You are Locked On, Locked On, Locked On, Hornets.
0: Your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
1: Your team Every day. Welcome into Locked On Hornets. Basketball is back on this Thursday. Charlotte Hornets news and analysis in your podcast feed every day whenever you need it. Today's episode is brought to you by Frame Warehouse. Don't uh, let that framing project sit around your house any longer. Visit framewarehouse.net today. Find a location in Charlotte. Visit them. They have the guaranteed best price on your next framing project. I'm Doug Branson. No David Walker today. I'm joined by the great Steve Bob Forrest, writer, contributor for At The Hive. He had a tweet go viral as recently as Monday, so I'd say you're riding pretty high right now.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. The calls, uh, I barely made enough time to get this one in. You know, the uh, the Twitter management companies are coming after me hard for that uh, All right. 600 retweets.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so do I, call, do I call you Steve Bob or do I call you Steve or SB? Yeah, you, you know, it, what, SB sounds cool. Maybe not. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, Steve's
0: good. We'll just go with Steve for now. Steve Bob's kind of a mouthful, but...
1: All right. Well, we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Head over to iTunes, search Locked On, and find podcasts on the NFL, NBA, golf, fantasy sports. It's the fastest-growing podcast network in the world, the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. All right, Steve, let's begin in Charlotte. The Hornets were back at practice yesterday. We got updates on the status of uh, both of the best true centers on this roster, that's Cody Zeller and Miles Plumley. Zeller was still unable to do any contact. He's listed as doubtful for tomorrow or for tonight, excuse me. Miles Plumley will be out for at least two weeks. An MRI revealed a second degree calf strain in his right leg. Bad news for the Hornets. Frank Kaminsky will start at center in place of Cody Zellers tonight against uh, the Pistons and Mike Toby will once again, step in as the backup. Steve, how much does this news hurt the Hornets chances of riding their ship?
0: Uh, I would say pretty significantly uh, there, Doug. I think that's, uh, you know, obviously we brought in Plumley just for this reason. Um, I don't think they were planning on, on having him sit out. That was kind of a, a, you know, a stop the bleeding move. So, Uh, Having him out in particular hurts, you know, we know what it's like without Cody. It's not good. Uh, It's pretty, pretty tough for us to to grab a win without uh, Zeller in there. So Plumlee, we didn't even really get to see what he was capable of yet. You know, he was kind of slow to start. Uh, and those few games that we did get some action from them, uh, so this is a big setback for sure uh, for our guys.
1: Yeah, and the, you know, even though Frank has been playing extremely well at the center position, uh, they would definitely rather have Cody Zeller in there at center and, and wait to develop Frank for the center position later on. Two and fifteen, the Hornets without the services of Cody Zeller, and then Miles Plumley. Like you said, we we had not had a chance to see much of him because. Uh, he had some issues with, uh, um, you know, getting on the court, staying on the court because of conditioning, because he didn't get a chance to play a lot in Milwaukee, and you wonder, you know, with Zeller being out, maybe they had to play Miles just a little bit more than they were comfortable with early on. You know, I, no idea what caused that calf strain, but you wonder if that was an issue as well. And and it's just been, it's been a combination of. Uh, players underperforming and then you have this bad luck uh, with these two centers and you know the deal that acquired Miles Plumley sent away two centers so you are you were already handicapping your depth at that position uh, by trying to bring in Miles Plumley. so this is just a uh, really sour luck for the Hornets uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: you know uh, that that would have been the one bright spot I think is that obviously we know how bad it is without Cody in there but Frank has uh, has been playing really well like you said in particular, I, I wanted to see him start more you know I-, I think where we're at right now this would have been a great time and it would have been a good time to get um, you know Plumlee, uh in the lineup and see see how he could play with extended minutes and that way when Cody came back you'd have your guys all ready to go you know and then he could slide back into that into that backup but this is just bad news all around. I guess the good way to look at it is that, yeah, we'll get to see a lot more Frank. Um, that can be a good or bad thing, too. <laughs> but um, he has been, surprisingly, uh, one of the best lineup guys for the Hornets. I think if you go to—if you check the basketball reference lineups, it, it's kind of shocking. But Frank Kaminsky is part of all of their best-scoring lineups. In fact, all the way down to go to the five-man lineups, four three two the best two man scoring lineup does not include kemba walker it's frank and cody together uh, well it's, it's in terms of, of putting points you know positive points
1: well that's a great point steve i mean you know steve clifford has pointed out that the problem for the hornets over the last 10 games has been uh, offensive not defensive but frank is not part of that problem over the past 7 games He's averaging 17 points, 6.7 rebounds, 2.7 assists, and 1.3 steals. Those are great numbers uh, for Frank Kaminsky. And he had 27 points in that last game against Toronto. So, you know, I mean, he's he's had good offensive performances over the last 10 games. It's it's some of the other shooters that definitely have to step up. Let me take a second, you know, real quick, let me just take a second to tell you about Frame Warehouse, our friends at Frame Warehouse, if you have a poster or a jersey or maybe a gift that you've been waiting to get framed, don't wait any longer. Talk to our friends at Frame Warehouse. Also, there's a couple of things around my house that I've noticed, Steve, and I don't know if you've noticed this as well, that I had framed in college. And, you know, I'd go to like a local arts and craft store and buy the cheapest frame I could find and and throw it in there, a poster or something, and and just get it on the wall because money was tight Mm -hmm. in college, you know? And oh now, for sure. Now I've I've settled down a little bit. I'm married now, and I'm looking around a few of these things that have hung around the walls, and I'm thinking I need to get these things reframed. I mean, they deserve these things deserve to be displayed in a in a better frame, and uh, you can definitely do that at Frame Warehouse, and and I'm going to do that for sure. We're proud to partner up with Frame Warehouse because they've been family owned right here in the heart of Charlotte for over 35 years. They have the guaranteed best price. On every frame in stock, at Frame Warehouse, you can frame almost anything for next to nothing. If you can think of it, you can get it framed. Sports memorabilia, posters for your office, maybe your kid's bedroom, jerseys. They'll even cube up that signed football helmet you have laying around the house. Don't let your prized possessions go on display. Talk to our friends at Frame Warehouse at one of their six locations in Charlotte. Go to framewarehouse.net to find the one near you and tell them Locked On Hornets sent you. And of course, give them a go Hornets. The Hornets really needed to get some good news Steve on the injury front. They didn't get it, but they also needed everyone to come into practice focused and ready to go uh, from the jump and that was made clear by Steve Clifford. You know, getting ahead of some of the teams that may have taken all of their all-star break to relax, you know. And I well, you know, I'll let head coach Steve Clifford sum it up here. Here he is after their loss to Toronto right before the break. We can't take a break. Mm.
0: Uh, This all-star game, a lot of teams will come back here and not be ready. Um, We have, uh, if we want to win, we're serious about winning. They can take one, two days off. They need to be in
1: the gym. They need to be in the gym. He wanted his team to be ahead of the curve, he saw the writing on the wall. He knew that his team needed to be ahead of everyone else when they got back because, you know, several games under 500. It is a tight Eastern Conference, but at the same time, this Hornets team needed to be ready. Now, Clifford has been around the program a long time, Steve. He knows how players are after the All-Star break, take some time off. It's it's not just getting back into physical shape it's about getting back into mental shape as well here he is after the second practice yesterday uh, the second practice since they've been back it's all the
0: details you know the sets the coverages so we did a lot of that today you know every team's in the same boat um, and uh, we have a shoot around tomorrow also so um, it was sloppy but I mean it was good it was what we needed
1: All right, Steve, I just played two different bites there and and two different tones altogether. Every team is in the same boat. So, you know, the Hornets are without Zeller. They're without Plumlee. I don't think they can afford to be in the same boat. I think Steve Clifford made it clear where the team needed to be heading into this. And uh, when you pair that with what what we heard from him uh, two days ago at practice... They didn't look terrible or anything, but yeah I mean, they didn't look terrible or anything, but hey, that's not bad. They look, yeah, but they didn't need <laughs> that's to distinctly not terrible. what yeah, but they didn't need to look not terrible. The point to all this, Steve, is that he doesn't sound confident that his team is in a superior position to the opponents they'll face on the road over the next few nights. And, you know, in the absence of a vocal superstar, Steve Clifford's, Honest and direct rhetoric has often been the pulse on this team. And I don't know how you can listen to that, Steve, and mm-hmm. feel like this is a team that's ready to make a run.
0: Uh, yeah. I, and to that point, I cannot. Uh, I cannot do that. That's a good point, though, about, uh, you know, Kemba's not uh, the, the mouthpiece of this team. It, it often is Clifford. That, that's a good point you made there. But um, yeah, it, it does not seem good from listening to those two clips back to back. You know, the first ones, obviously, that's that's kind of how Clifford typically speaks about things when they're not going well. He's like, sounds very much like he's going to get in there and, and get in the guy's ears and write and the ship. And, you know, he, he gets the most out of all these guys. That's kind of his thing, right? He We have a team that's been overachieving at the beginning of the season. And uh, just the injuries decimated us. So I think he's just kind of being realistic about it at this point it doesn't seem like i i don't know i, I love that, that he's saying you know oh every team's going through this right now it's a, you, the the cavaliers and the warriors and the wizards and the celtics are not having to get their guys mentally right for the for a playoff push those those teams all
1: but they do, but are, the point is they didn't they don't need to because because they're I mean, they're yeah. already in a position i mean they can afford You know, to to be a little sloppy coming back because they're they're going to have that room uh, and, and the Hornets don't have that room for error. That's what Clifford always talks about that, that the Hornets have so little room for error and especially when you're missing two guys. It's just that's what I'm saying. I'm just sort of preparing myself for what's going to happen over the next six games
0: well and and my and my point to that would be that i I agree, and in that case, we should be more than prepared you know I mean that's we, we the fact that the guys he's talking about that you know they gotta they gotta get out of that mindset and get out of the hammock or whatever <laughs> that they were doing over the all star breaks like it just doesn't seem like the organizational directive right now is is all is all together as far as uh, you know, we're really going after it super hard still. It, it's, it's, it's a thing. There's a lot of veterans I us see You know, somebody like Marvin Williams, uh, I think that's a guy who's going to play hard. He's going to be out there. But he he can see the writing on the wall a bit with this stuff. There's only so much you can do. They did a good job, you know, trying to fill in that gap with Cody. Um, whether or not you believe the, the Lou Williams reports, I mean, I, I think they could have gotten that trade done. Certainly. Certainly, our first round pick would have been worth more than um, than the one they got from the Rockets. So I I just don't think they actually went that hard after that move. Um, But we'll see. I I just and you know maybe Mike Toby's the truth, and uh, and he's gonna gonna bring us back into this thing.
1: Well, I I just I want to be fair because they are missing key pieces, so that's certainly going to play a factor into everything. Uh, Also, you know, I mean they They certainly deserve a break, I mean the, the way the schedule's set up now it it helps with not having back to backs, but they end up having to go you know almost every other day now uh they don't they don't get as many of those two days off to reset so it's important it was important for a guy like Kimball Walker certainly, and he earned it uh, he's been playing well in the you know at the first half first two thirds of this season he deserved a mental break and and a Absolutely. physical break as well uh, but it just I don't know, when I, when I think about what he said before the break and then I listen to what he said after the break, I'm just, I'm a little concerned. Uh, and, and, and honestly, a lot of this, Steve, is not like, oh, I'm, I'm saying Clifford's not doing his job or or these guys didn't get into the gym enough. I think really what I'm presenting here is that, that this team's expectations are hitting reality very quickly. And, and the injuries are, are a part of that and uh, I'm just sort of setting up what what I think may happen over these next six games, which is not going 6-0 and and putting yourself back into position. I mean, Clifford put it out there uh, yesterday at practice. He said, look, you know, we we had goals at the beginning of the season to uh, be in – first of all, to get into the playoffs, but second of all, to get a top-four seed and to, to have a chance to be a factor and get into the second round. Well, that, you know – Uh, the the chance for a top-four seed is gone. So now you have to sort of reset those expectations.
0: I I think, you know, I was surprised. I was very surprised at this team uh, at the beginning of the year. When we were 8-3, and second place, you know, I know it was early, but that that exceeded my expectations greatly because we finished the season real strong last year. But losing Jefferson, Lynn, and Lee, that was 33% of our scoring. But those guys contributed a lot, and to only replace them, like Bellinelli, is statistical uh, carbon copy of Courtney Lee. Their their stats are almost identical throughout their entire career. So that's a fine. That's a that's a that's that's a straight up push there. Uh, then you can expect some, you know, a leap in, in a away from uh, more minutes to Cody and Frank, and Cody is certainly. Uh, uh, turned a big corner and, and he's been obviously invaluable to us this year, but that scoring isn't really coming from anywhere else. You know, Kemba's not, you weren't expecting him to jump to a 30, 35 point a game score. Um, so I, I think it was a bit of wishful thinking to, for, for perhaps those expectations uh, given that, you know, we're we're just not that deep. They, they kind of thinned out the roster a little bit. So it, for that to take place, something like what we're experiencing right now just can't happen we just can't have any of those eight guys that we need out for any amount of time uh without making a move
1: it's official Podcasts are where advertisers want to be. More and more people are listening to podcasts every day, and studies show that podcast listeners are some of the most engaged consumers out there. If you have a business or service, consider a sponsorship on Locked On Hornets. Rates are affordable and you'll be supporting the best Hornets talk anywhere. Send an email to buzzbuzz at lockdonhornets.com for more information. Well, and all you can hope is that these guys are are gamers. That they're going to come into this next game. They know the stakes. No, one, no, no one. You know, no one is under any um, you know misconceptions about how big this game is tonight against Detroit. Uh, so let's talk about it. The Hornets play the Pistons in Detroit tonight, seven o'clock or seven thirty, excuse me, tip off for that game. The Pistons have won seven of their last nine games at home, and at twenty-seven and thirty, they are clinging to a one-game lead to the eighth and final seed in the Eastern Conference playoff race. I guess we should start by saying that any analysis that we have about this game could be completely erased by the trade deadline that is today at, at 3 o'clock because the Pistons have been in discussions around Reggie Jackson. They've been in discussions around Andre Drummond. And so, you know, this this Pistons team or this Hornets team, for that matter, could look different uh, by the time tip-off rolls around tonight.
0: Very true, very true. Big day ahead of us for, uh, for news. I, I'm not anticipating necessarily... You know the Hornets making a, a huge splash at this point, but uh, anything can happen. But yeah, that those those Drummond talks are interesting. You know he's got a big contract, but that in particular, weirdly enough, is maybe the one guy that that I would uh, be okay with the Hornets. You know putting kind of all their all their chips in this year's first and stuff like that um, for because that's a, he's a you know that guy still has. He's had a bad year, but he's he has franchise potential. You know, he could be your number one player potentially on a, on a championship team. I think so. Um, yeah, tonight's game is going to be a tough one. Look, I mean, they killed us in that first match um, on the boards. Boban, you know, Boban Marjanovic had, yeah. had his coming out game, yeah. and uh, that guy, I mean, it looked cartoonish. We, we we're we we're throwing four guys trying to climb up him and and grab the rebounds and. Uh, it's just you know, Mike Toby's gonna have a lot of work ahead of him because you know Frank. I- I'm worried about Frank tonight against the uh, against that combo. Um, he's not a he's not a big rebounder. He's not a big low post guy. Um, I-, I feel like it's gonna be a lot of gang rebounding and. Hopefully MKG will be swooping in there a lot because he uh, he is not scared of those big guys.
1: Well, Steve, that was the one guy that was mentioned at practice as being absolutely ready to go. Uh, Nick Batum talked about MKG basically setting the tone for this team in terms of his energy and intensity. So I fully expect to see the same... Um, Tasmanian Devil uh, aggressive um, MKG that we saw at the beginning of this season because he is pro- he's certainly reset. And then our man uh, Justin Thomas from ESPN 730 uh, showing uh, MKG last guy in the gym. Still practicing that shooting. Still trying to get that offense going. You mentioned that last game against Detroit back on January 5th. Ended in dramatic fashion. That Bellinelli last second inbounds off oh, the back of the Pistons player. Could have been the Amazing. greatest buzzer beater in history, but it was uh, Went in an instant, or left his hands an instant after time expired. Uh, Reggie Jackson had 22 points and 11 assists in that game, but as you said, it was all about Boban. Boban Marjanovic, eight (laughs) points in the first quarter alone. He finished that game with 15 points. That was a season high for him, and 19 rebounds. That was a career high for Boban. (laughs) Listen to this, Steve. He's gotten all of Thirteen minutes of run in February, but something tells me that Stan oh Van gosh. Stan Van knows he he remembers that last game, and something tells me that uh, Boban's gonna eclipse that thirteen minute mark in this <laughs> game. We're gonna see a lot yeah. of Boban.
0: Um, yeah, I don't. That, can you answer me this? Did, has Jaleel Okafor played against us this year? I don't. I don't believe so. Right. The times we played the Sixers, it, anyways, they got to be kicking themselves for not putting in Okafor just for that one game to completely raise his trade value. Uh, Those big guys, those old school big guys have been, you know, our biggest Achilles heel as far as I can see this year. Cody does a a decent job against those guys, but, I mean, uh, just overall, I don't know what it is because they're not destroying every team like that, obviously, but – we just cannot, we don't have an answer for for stuff like that. And these guys, they they, they have Andre Drummond, who's one of the biggest, best, low-post guys in the league. And then they just have a guy that's, you know, 30% larger than Andre Drummond off the bench. Uh, I guess just for games like these. They they got him specifically to play the Hornets. So, you know, hopefully, I, I, I'm i kind of anticipating a lot of threes tonight for us. I think they we're going to just, you know, have to try to outgun them. Uh, but yeah, that MKG news is, is not at all surprising that guy. I love that guy so much. He's when he comes out with that motor, I've noticed in games when he sets the tone for us, you know, and he's zipping around, It it, it feels like it's hard to be on that team, uh, on, on the floor with him and not, you know, and not catch on with that not yeah. just start running around like your hair's on fire because it's infectious so uh, you know that that could be a big uh, boost for us and i and i expect to see him doing a lot of that dirty work unfortunately for us down there tonight
1: yeah you mentioned three point shots and trying to outgun teams that's certainly been what they've tried to do over these last two games and the shots aren't falling they're averaging uh, over 32 attempts per game from beyond the arc but only hitting Uh, thirty-three percent of them. So they've got to raise those percentages. There, they're knocking down eleven per game. But when you're shooting thirty-two, got to have a few more than that. And it's funny enough. I mean, they, they, well, look, they're one and nine in their last ten. So the the win loss stats are going to look a little wonky. But they they knocked down eleven, uh, eleven of thirty three in losses. And seven of twenty six in wins, uh, so they they knock down more threes in the losses. But they, you know, they sort of have to cling to that uh, in some of these games, and they've had to make some some comebacks. And when you have to do that, sometimes you look to go beyond the arc. Sir, and they don't, you don't want to be behind against Detroit. I mean, you you, no. you because this team can slow the game down. Uh, they can get the ball inside, and they, it's very difficult to come back against a team like Detroit. So you don't want to do that.
0: I do want to point out one thing about those three point numbers, though. Uh, all those games you mentioned were pre Frank Kaminsky's uh shooting awakening in the Rising Stars game. So uh that's as true. As far as I can tell now he's Larry Bird, so I think we're gonna be all right. <laughs> Man,
1: the best the best one in that game is the one that he hit right in Porzingis' eye. I mean Porzingis had the hand up playing playing defense in the Rising Stars Challenge, and Frank well, Kaminsky and he, just rose up quick release.
0: And he got he got uh, he got the zinger to to bite on a on a pump fake too, and took it straight oh, down the lane uh, where there was absolutely no one playing defense. But yeah, he looked amazing in there. I think I think that's the thing with Frank is that it's it's a confidence thing right now, and uh, if that carries over. Well, if you give him those starting minutes and uh, and he gets a shot going, I mean we've seen him. He's, he's not afraid to shoot the ball. That's the the good thing, you know. Even when he's shooting twenty five percent for weeks at a time, um, he'll he'll keep launching him but. I think that starting a role for a little bit might actually be good for his development. I totally Uh, agree.
1: Yeah. I totally agree because I think that regardless of where he ends up, whether it be at center or at power forward, I just think we're going to look back at this season and say, man, you know, those minutes that he got uh, in Cody Zeller's absence were absolutely key to his development because he's gotten to play with the best players uh, on this Hornets roster. And I I just read the stats earlier in the show over the last seven games, playing extremely well offensively and rebounding the basketball better. And that's encouraging to see as well. Okay. We've only got a few minutes left in the show. I want to shift gears to the trade deadline. Uh, The trade deadline is three o'clock in the afternoon today, The Hornets were reported to be in discussions on several deals, including talks with LA to bring in Lou Williams. That fell through Lou going to Houston and the Brooklyn Nets to bring in Bojan Bogdanovic. That fell through Bojan moving on to the division rival, Washington Wizards. So uh, both of those players go for first rounders. It has several of our listeners on Twitter asking this question, Steve, and and you're writing about this today. Got an article coming out about this today on atthehive.com, so check that out. But the question is, did the Hornets do enough to get a piece that could help this team make the playoffs this season? I'm,
0: I think to that specific question I would say no, because again I, if you look at where we're p- positioned presently uh, and going forward, our, our first round pick right now is worth the exact value that the Pelicans one was, that they traded for Boogie. Now obviously that greatly improves their team, uh, so I, our if we traded our pick right now if this went down this second that would be the highest first round pick that's been traded um this round i i believe that like i said earlier that would have gotten lou will from the lakers that would have been a better position for him you know not, maybe you could say that they're really in love with Corey brewer for some reason in particular um but you know something like jeremy lamb and lou williams would have or Jeremy Lamb in the first, I'm sure would have gotten that done. Uh, I'm I'm kind of glad they didn't because, you know, in light of these injuries, I think that Lou Williams doesn't necessarily put you back into a, a the spot where we were before. the The Wizards making that move for um, uh, Bogdanovich, one of the guys that we were looking at. That look, that guy would definitely help us with the scoring off the bench, and you know, that's a, probably a good piece to have for next year as well but for right now it just it it makes sense for washington they're in third place you know cleveland's banged up with love right now there's there's a little bit of a window there if we were in their position i would absolutely say you know you got to go for that you got to maybe uh you know buy buy a little bit higher than you would right now but at this point i just feel like the value of our pick uh in light of of where the market was set with that boogie trade and the Ibaka trade um, is, is too much to give up for somebody that's, you know, really just going to come off your bench and play 18 minutes a game.
1: Well, I felt like they, well, here's the thing. If you thought that your big rotation, Cody Zeller, Miles Plumlee were going to be back soon, that you could get healthy and add a piece, then I think, the first rounder is absolutely on the table to go out and find that scorer that you need off the bench, that dynamic scorer, the guy that can drop eighteen in a game and help you get over the hump. But, but without Zeller, without Plumley, they might not stand a chance. And Zeller could be back soon, but they're they're but they're teeter tottering on this thing where if Zeller doesn't come back in the next few games and they drop the next few games, then it's going to be. Uh, really, really difficult to get back into the playoff discussion. So then the first rounder, as you said, becomes more valuable. And now with Lou Williams off the table, with Bojan Bogdanovich off the table, I just don't – you know, Wilson Chandler's still hanging around out there. There are a couple of options that they could look at. But I, I just I, – I'm now on that side of the table where I say I think it, it might be time just to to to, to keep – hold on to your assets – And and wait and see where this where this season ends up, because, look, obviously they came into the season with high expectations for themselves, but a lot of people didn't give them much of a chance to improve on their season to begin with. And, you know, they had the fast start. Things didn't quite go their way. Players didn't um, live up to the performances that they had last season or outperform those numbers. Frank Kaminsky's development was uh, not as uh, rapid as they needed it to be, and that's not really Frank Kaminsky's fault. That's just the position that the Hornets were in giving up All those pieces, all those uh, Courtney Lee and Jeremy Lin and Al Jefferson, they just needed to get lucky and have Frank Kaminsky step up earlier didn't happen. So some things didn't fall their way. Maybe it's time just to pump the brakes and and look at uh, what may come next season. Because, look, they've got a lot of this core. They've got the entire starting lineup that was one of the best in the league when it was healthy and on the floor. They've got that lineup signed next year.
0: Yeah, and that and that is my point. Uh, and the, like you mentioned, the piece that I'm that I have going up today is it's kind of alluding to that. We we have a great core, you know, and that's that was apparent. That's the good news, you know. There's there's something there that you don't have to make a, a panic move right now if if you don't have the shot. Um, again, like if we were in the position we were in, in the, during the first you know third of the season, I would absolutely I'd be all for that because that gives you, you know, good. That's a playoff. Core that you can work with. If you add Lou Williams to the team, say, uh, at this point though, that it would be, we would get killed if for trading this pick to get you know a Wilson Chandler at this point or something just to maybe sniff that eight seeds and um, yeah. If you look at the value of it, I mean, people are, are so high on this draft. I personally, uh, I, I I want us to go in that tank direction, but before- well, and here's let me
1: let me let me just say this real quick, Steve. The thing about that pick now, though, everyone's traded those first rounders. The the Hornets first rounder, wherever it ends up, is going to be more valuable closer to the draft than it is right now because the, the idea of the pick is, is – that's what David and I have been talking about. The idea of the pick is always more alluring than the player that ends up getting picked. And it's never that draft pick, that hope that that draft pick could deliver to a franchise is is never higher than right before the draft. And so I'm not saying don't trade the draft pick. I'm just saying at this point, with the pieces that have moved and the value that you've seen move for first round picks, I'm not sure that that's the right direction for the Hornets to go in at this point.
0: Yeah, and uh, and I would just say this that, you know, if you look historically at teams that have so the the Ringer put up a piece earlier this week about the the Celtics seasons uh that they 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 were supposed they had the best shot at getting the number 1 pick, but they they weren't anticipating to be that bad. You know, it just there was a series of unfortunate events and they had uh, uh an aging you know our, they had a star paul pierce who was come you know getting to that point where he's becoming a little disgruntled and we're, we're at this position right now sort of like the, in the spurs have the same thing in the duncan drafts where we have a great team we have a playoff team it's just that we've been a little snake bit this year we had bad luck if you can somehow but right now below us there's about Five teams, by my estimation, I went through them all today. There's about five teams that definitely are not going to, to shoot for the playoffs. You know, the Magic, trade away Baca, obviously. The Kings now, are there's no shot for them. Um, but, you know, the Pelicans are on the outside looking in. They're going to be going for it, obviously. Um, you could say teams like the Mavericks and teams like the Sixers even, are they're, they're winning games. They're trying to win. So we could through through not even trying, really, just, just slide into a, a really great pick. And this draft goes at least 10 deep, um, by my estimation. My favorite player in it for us would be Malik Monk, and, and he's projected at like eight, 9 or 10 right now. So I just think, you know, trading the pick right now, like you said, is just you're not going to get the value from it that you could even at the end of the season. So uh, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. I think if the right thing comes up today – say a Drummond or something crazy like that um i I would be okay with moving off of it but it just doesn't sound like that's in the cards at this moment
1: very well put steve sb steve bob forrest (laughs) joining me on this show um yeah if the a series of unfortunate events i like how you put that if the hornets were a netflix show they would be Limity Snickets, a series of unfortunate (laughs) events if sacramento was a netflix show they would be uh my crazy ex-girlfriend for sure I don't think there's yeah. no doubt about that. All right, that's all the time we have for this edition of Locked On Hornets. Thanks so much for listening to us here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter, at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes while you're there. Give us a five-star review and help hardcore Hornets fans like yourself Find this podcast and make sure you're reading at thehive.com. It's the best source for your Charlotte Hornets written news and analysis. It's it's our home in the blogosphere as well. And Steve has a great article coming out very soon. Shoot us your Hornets questions and thoughts to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. We're back again tomorrow with a recap of the Hornets' return to action tonight against Detroit. For David and for Steve, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Beat the Pistons. Let's swarm Charlotte. Like what you hear? Consider sharing this podcast with other Charlotte Hornets fans. The easiest way? Our new website, LockedOnHornets.com. There you can download the podcast, listen to our latest episodes, and check out Locked On Hornets live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Napa, no